1: Coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, efficiency. Efficiency experts help business produce their goods faster and with minimal effort. Could this introduction be more efficient? Let's try. Tonight, efficiency expert Gwynne Bird. She talks, plus, theme songs they play. Stay tuned. I'm Adam Felber, the man who tries to increase the efficiency of our discussions every week, attempting to maximize conversational productivity. And now, please welcome the woman who doesn't just throw a monkey wrench into our topical assembly line, she throws an actual monkey, Paula Poundstone. Yay! Paula. Hey, you guys. Yeah. Hey, so, so lovely hey. to
2: be
0: with you. Hey, Adam. And thanks so much to tonight's house band, Nobody's Sister Dorothy on the electric guitar. She's a professional musician from Winnipeg, Canada.
3: Oh, yeah. Love me that, Sister Dorothy.
1: Sister Dorothy, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> she's not a nun, right? No,
0: she's so, not a nun. She can be no, if she wants, but she's not.
1: I have to address the elephant in the room before we go further, which is that, which is that of, of us <laughs> elephants... One of us isn't actually in a room right now. She's in a car. Um, so before we even get to our book club, Bonnie Burns, what's up? Well,
3: I want to say, if you live in Thousand Oaks, uh, we tape this show around 5 o'clock, and it's apparently a really good time to go to the Trader Joe's because there's no line. I'm in the parking lot in front of Trader Joe's. There's no line here. I'm parked uh, opposite the... Uh, Arbally's Animal Clinic, PJ's Pub, and the Subway.
1: But you're not and... there because you're our new grocery correspondent.
0: No. <laughs> no. A lot going on on all five out. today. There's a, there's a Hawaiian all, shirt all shortage.
3: <laughs> all the power's out in Simi Valley. Uh, so I had to keep driving until I hit a place where there were traffic lights. And... To be honest, I was having a hard time getting a hotspot for my phone, so I called my daughter, and she said, "Meet me in the parking lot at Trader Joe's." So, that's how I ended up. <laughs> why here. did
0: she say? Why didn't she I just say it. go to Trader Joe's? Why did she say meet me in the parking lot? Were you, were you no longer able to function at that point? What I don't understand why you no, needed to I meet was- her.
3: No, I drove until I had reception on my cell phone, and then I couldn't get on the hotspot, so I called her to see what to do. And then she said, meet me in the parking lot at Trader Joe's because she was, you know, it was like a halfway thing to get there faster. And it was like, what was that show, Network or something, where they were like racing to get something on the air? I was racing to get you guys some changes for the script and get to... By the time we started the show. It's like a whole thing. Wow, that's a whole thing. I said, th- meet well, me at know- the
0: animal clinic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I st- I still don't understand why she had to meet you. Um, does it have anything to do with the pretzels with peanut butter in them? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, she picked <laughs> a place <laughs> that
1: we both knew. Why is this difficult for you? I think I think Paula's not, not getting that that your, your daughter was supplying some tech support for you to get you set up. Is that true?
3: Well yeah. Why do you have Wendell? I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Paul, is, Paul is taking way too long to answer that for Wendell's comfort. Um <laughs> but, but
3: okay, you know what? anyway, I'm glad to be here and I hope it lasts.
1: Thank you. I hope it lasts too, Bonnie. And you know what? Speaking of epic tales that take a long time to get there, let's go to our book club in Moby Dick.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. First of all, let's let's check in with Tony at the Piggly Wiggly. Tony, are you there? <laughs> This is our this is our uh, shopping spree episode. That's so popular. I'm at the 7-Eleven, yep. Adam.
1: Um, I, I <laughs> I'm over at that newfangled uh, newfangled Ralph's with the cheese c- c- um, sommelier. Oh, nice, nice. Oh.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, I'm right now wearing my 7-Eleven smock. Which uh, not all the employees wear, but I do. I do.
1: I do. I do. I do. Um, I do. Um, all right. So, so for those of you who are just tuning into this podcast for the first time, first of all, welcome aboard. It's episode one thirty four, or so, and um, we just started a book club. We're reading Moby Dick together. So, and gang, I wanna, uh,
0: how we? I I yeah. just want to repeat that part of the impetus for. Beginning, the book club was that uh, I listened to Pod Save America and John Favreau uh, on Pod Save America, one of his uh, New Year's resolutions, I believe it was last year, was to um, read more and and he confessed uh, at this New Year's that he hadn't met that goal. And so uh, I just want to repeat um, an invitation to John Favreau from Pod Save America. Please join us in our book club. Um, And also, when it's safe, again, uh, our podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, would like to um, uh, challenge the Pod Save America people to a basketball game.
1: Right, a book club (gasps) basketball game. That's
0: a great idea. It is a great idea, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's a great idea. Yeah, we, we love that idea. I can shoot some hoops um okay
2: uh that so, sounds like but, a terrible idea
1: let's well you know we do have we are a little bit height challenged in our backcourt i have to say uh, yeah, i mean i i think i think if tony stood on bonnie's shoulders they might be five and a half feet tall exactly.
0: <laughs> it's not all height you guys it's not all height a lot of its ball handling skills
1: that's absolutely right absolutely right um okay so uh, let's start with you Paula um how far did you get in Moby Dick and uh what are you thinking
0: well um i uh i've read a couple more pages i've i've read a couple more pages i believe he's at an inn now Ishmael is at, at an inn uh and um it, you know cuz i'm i'm reading
1: it uh
0: Perhaps more, more carefully, more deeply than yeah. you guys. That's my guess. Because so, how so you far just are finished you?
1: Chapter one.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm on like page two of chapter two. Um,
1: <laughs> but okay, I'm, okay. I'm well, really,
0: so what... are, are you skimming, Adam? How far are you?
1: Um, I you'll you'll yell at you yelled at me last time I told you. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, ju- I just finished chapter twelve.
0: Okay, so oh you're skimming. That's what it is. He's not no, reading I'm not carefully.
1: Um, I'm reading perfectly carefully.
0: <laughs> Adam, the oh, hun- the yes. hundred the hundred and first word in Moby Dick is hypos. H Y P P O S. Exactly. You don't even remember reading it because you're skimming. I'm not skimming. And I've, I looked up hypos and I still am not sure what he meant by it. Um, I, I don't know the definitions in the dictionary don't seem to, uh, don't seem to fit in the
1: sentence. Um, what's the sentence? Uh,
0: it's the one about November in his soul. It's the one where he's talking about, you know, when he gets kind of down, um, uh, I, I, I don't remember the, uh, the entire oh, that's sentence. Like, that's but like the I first remember... couple of pages,
1: isn't it? Because that's when he goes to the sea. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's the 101st <laughs> word for those of you reading carefully. Oh, that would be just me. Um. <laughs> you know what? I really hope that John Favreau joins our book club because I know... You know, what happens when a club gets started is there's little clicks, you know, especially in a book club. (laughs) You're going to have the skimmers go really quickly on one side of the room, and and then you're going to have the careful readers. And I know that John Favreau, um, just I don't know him personally, just from what I just from his voice, what I hear of him on Pod Save America. I just know that he would sit on my side of the room. Uh, as a very uh, careful, contemplative reader.
1: Well, as a careful, contemplative reader, do you have any impression of the book thus far other than the fact that you don't understand the word hypos?
0: Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm really enjoying it, which is part of the reason that I hardly ever read it. Uh, Because... (laughs)
2: Because, you know,
0: you can't just be a pleasure glutton all of the time. I have dogs Uh to walk. Uh, I've been reading it aloud to my dog, Mo, by the way, and she really enjoys it as well. But it's a reward, you know. So... um, I'm so busy. I'm so unbelievably busy. I can barely get anything done. And there that that thick book flaps its cover at me in a mocking way sometimes. Uh, So chapter 12, we were never clear about how much we were going to read each week. Maybe we need to establish that, don't you think?
1: Yeah, um, uh, let's set a goal for next week before we go any further with this in-depth discussion of Moby Dick. Um, uh, oh, don't do w- that. What do you think you can commit to by next week? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> another page?
0: I could, a page? <laughs> I could do another page. <laughs> yeah, but Adam, I'm talking about careful reading, not skimming. Well,
1: if you were reading carefully, I would think you'd have something to say about it beyond what's hypos.
0: No, you know what you do? You draw a little stick figure up in the corner of each page and then as you're reading, you just you just flip through really fast and the little stick figure runs. That's not reading. That's that's I'm not careful actually,
1: in-depth I'm actually reading. actually not reading a paper version of it. I'm reading I'm reading it off my iPad. Oh, for and fuck's you know sakes. Well, you, you, you probably know just why?
0: downloaded it into your brain. That's cheating. That's cheating. <laughs>
1: no. One of the reasons to read like the old classics in your iPad is that you can you can merely tap or, or on a Kindle you can merely tap a word that you don't know and usually you'll get the the definition of it. That's not true of hypos. Hypos uh, it's it's not easy to find definition anywhere. But for most of the words you can just look them up by tapping.
0: I don't want to tap, Adam. I I don't want to just <laughs> tap. I want to get out my dictionary and look up right. words. That's how you find other uh-huh. words that you weren't even intending to find. That's true. That might eventually go in, if you happen to have one, your vocabulary song.
1: That's, yeah, if you're one of those people, if you're one of the many people who have vocabulary songs that you add to every week, um, it's very helpful to use an old-fashioned paper dictionary.
0: I know someone who does have that, but I can't think of their name right now. But you know what? I want you to know,
1: <laughs> yeah. yes. I
0: am. I am metaphorically moving my chair away from your skimmer section.
1: I, I feel like I'm in, the, I'm in the actually reading the book section is where I am.
0: No, you don't just read it. You reflect on it. So I also reflect a lot. Like today, <laughs> I was saying to myself, what the fuck does hypos mean? And I just, I, I you know, think, turned that over in my brain a lot.
1: It's, I, I, if I remember on that page, it was, about, it was like melancholy. He was feeling the hypos of his soul or something like that. I do remember looking it up.
2: I took it as hypochondria.
1: Yeah, things that got him down. Yeah. Hypochondria is an interesting take. Hey, but as long as we Tony has sp- spoken up, Tony, where are you in the book and what are you thinking so far?
2: I'm up to chapter eight. Jesus. Um,
0: She's a goddamn skimmer.
2: I, wanted, I always <laughs> want to read more, but I wait till the last minute. So I read it at lunch today. Um, but yeah, no, it's a lot of words. Um, it's like there's a whole chapter about breakfast. I'm not sure why we needed that. Um, it gets your day
0: started. It's a healthy way to start your day. Breakfast. That's why we needed it, that. It, it... You don't eat breakfast. You're uh, gonna be dragging till lunch. That's one of the things that Melville it's... stood for. Is he on Twitter? Not anymore. Okay. Was he banned? <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> yeah, he was... Herman Melville he was, was banned, banned on from account Twitter. of being
1: dead for a century or so, Yes,
0: yeah, oh my God. It made Trump feel so much better when he found out that Herman Melville had been banned from Twitter. It really was a comfort to him <laughs> uh, so so Tony, you 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 know i I'm impressed by you reading to Chapter Eight, especially when you said you waited till the last minute. Um, I waited till the last minute, and I only made it a page.
2: Well, um, I'm not skimming. I like to. I do like to speed read, though. So I like to just kind of look at whatever speed, speed read. read.
1: But Tony, you've already speed you've already read. done that kind of like sitcom kind of introduction of the of the character of Quigquig.
2: Yes, yes. And there's. I did. I was intrigued by the whole like. I don't want to share a bed with him type of thing and then like shenanigans ensue but I think my favorite line of the book yet is better sleep with a sober cannibal than a drunken Christian
0: yeah that's a good line that is a great great line line. huh yeah that is that is a great line and and I only wish I had an arm to wave it right now An arm? Yeah, I made the mistake of sleeping with a sober cannibal.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, with...
0: you know. That's a mistake. <laughs> yep, young and
1: careless. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, um... I don't want to offer any spoilers but uh Tony I'd say keep reading because you've got a sermon coming up and then a uh, then the the friendship between Ishmael and Kwiki gets even odder um so it's, you 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 it, got some good times ahead Yeah
2: It feels like there's some like sexual undertones but I think I might just be making that up because does I'm he, very does,
0: lonely Does Ishmael take a shower with somebody?
1: <laughs> it's, it's, you know what, Tony? It's a—it's about to get more overtone than undertone in a minute. they because they're, they're going to be snuggled into bed together, drinking cocoa and smoking pipes and hugging each other a lot. Um, so, so you—I I don't wait. think you're misreading this. Uh, Bonnie Burns, <laughs> Bonnie Burns. Um, you know, is there a special on pumpkin beer? And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> coming, what do you think of Moby use. Dick?
3: Yeah, coming to you straight from the Arbolace Animal Clinic. You know, here's what I think. From listening to y'all speak, like Tony, maybe I could just skip to Chapter 18 and start there where it might be more interesting. Um, Wait, where are you? Where am I? Well, I got as far as Chapter three and a half last week, if you, in case you forgot. Here's what I think. You know how, like, when you start exercising and then you stop? And then it's really hard to start again. That's yes. the experience I had this week.
1: With the book? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what I realized? I love audiobooks. I love listening to a book as a way to take in a piece of literature. Um, but you that's how you're doing it, right? You're listening. Right. And so I put it off and I was going to do it like I
2: did
3: last week, which was you know, the day before we did the show when I was playing with the dogs. And then I'm like, okay, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then
0: I never really got to it. But you you could, you could have, (laughs) you could do it while exercising. (laughs) You could listen while, oh
3: God, that would be, oh yeah, that would be worse. (laughs) At
2: least I'm getting. I do think it'd be worse.
3: Yeah, oh, God, that would be awful. But at least I was playing with them while I was listening. But here, I do have something. Um, (laughs) Which is, I have something interesting about the book. Which is, did you know that there was a musical called Moby Dick?
0: No, I didn't know that. No. Was that in the audio version? Did they just stop and tell a little fact? (laughs) (laughs) No, anyway...
3: Uh, there was a musical called Moby it. Dick. No, just shut up,
1: Tony. No, sh- Tony, Tony is absolutely album. right. You were you were so avoiding reading Moby Dick, even the <laughs> <laughs> audiobook, that you decided to Google it and give us a fun fact instead.
3: <laughs> Okay, it's okay, true. but here's what I've restrained myself doing because I do not want to cheat about this. I've restrained myself from, like, you know, the synopsis of the book, the movie of the book, and all of that. So I want to tell you something really interesting about it, which is there was a musical about Moby Dick, and it was like a Rocky Horror Show Musical. It was like really campy. The story was that it was there was a private girls' school, and they decided to put on a production of Moby Dick in their swimming pool as a way to make money to keep the school from going under. And the headmistress was uh, played in drag and and doubled as Captain Ahab. And it, and it was produced by Cameron McIntosh who you probably know was like a big producer in uh London and opened on the West End. It only ran for 4 months and then became this big cult classic.
2: Wow. How
0: did you find out about it? What the the Hollywood celebrity that you showered <laughs> with was that the show that he had done? <laughs> Okay, that's another. I don't know. that's maybe another I was clue for trying... those of you who are following along. That's another clue about who Bonnie <laughs> might have showered with. Um, it was someone who was somehow involved with Moby Dick the musical.
1: I've got to say, um, much like the Pequod itself, our uh, book club is starting to take on a little bit of water here. <laughs> And I I have my doubts. I have my doubts whether about half the people in this book club are ever going to find out what the P quad is. Um, but I do have uh, I do have Zebnik's uh, contribution which Wait I a haven't minute. read yet. I, I know I'm, what I'm... the P quad is.
0: I went to what? I, I didn't go to college, but I've been to colleges before.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it's that section of the quad where people go to pee? <laughs> Okay. Like, sometimes, you know, when they get um, kind of fucked up at, like, a beer party <laughs> or something on the quad, and then they go to pee over in the quad.
1: Yes, it's right next to the poop deck. Um, <laughs> that's
0: correct. No, is the
3: gonna... quad <laughs> the name of the ship?
1: I, 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 if my memory serves it is the name of the ship. <laughs> P-E-Q-O-D. Oh, see, but I, I knew that. All right, there we go. Um, you know Kayla's why she knew that? Can I tell you? <laughs> yes,
0: do tell Can us. Can I
2: tell you the tagline to Moby Dick the musical? Did the you tagline? just Google oh, you it, Tony? Did, did you just Google it? <laughs> I did Google it. Oh, damn it, she Tony! Go- I couldn't I what resist we were doing this show. I couldn't resist.
1: Uh, what do you got, Tony?
2: <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You sound like uh, like I'm in trouble.
1: Well, you I, not, that, Adam. I feel yeah. like our show's in trouble. Go ahead, though. She's <laughs>
2: supposed to pay it's- attention. I am paying attention. No, you're not. Oh my gosh. listen, hey pot, this is the kettle. You're black. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Whoa. Tony, are you gonna
1: give us that tagline or not? These are razor sharp
0: <laughs> lines flying back and forth from Captain Kringle Bonnie Burns to uh, uh, uh and Tony Anita Hall. Uh, don't don't Tony Anita Hall, I can't believe that you just made such a such a cutting, cutting insult to Captain Kringle the way you did.
1: Well, it's uh, Mrs. Culpepper, welcome to the show. Do you, have you read M- Moby Dick, Mrs. Culpepper? I if read Paula Poundstone hasn't, maybe maybe her hand puppet has. I read I read the entire book. Uh, uh, what Paula told
0: was messing around.
1: Oh, okay. And what did you think of the book, uh, Mrs. Culpepper?
0: Well, it's about uh, a, a a man. <laughs> it's it was written by Herman Melville and. and uh, there's a uh, yeah, Captain uh, Skipper, uh, and he has a, and his first Captain mate Kipper. Gilligan, and there's a large yeah. fish. Yes. Uh, no. yeah. uh, all right, I didn't really read the whole thing, but I'm looking forward to you it. You didn't I, read it
1: either, Mrs. Culpepper. I, I
0: didn't, but I didn't I Google it either, it. Tony Anita Hall. I did not Google.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got that going for you. Uh, can I just read Ken LaZebnik's contribution to Book Club? Because I'm hoping that when I unseal it, it will at least uh, move the conversation forward.
0: Go ahead, skim <laughs> up here.
1: here. Thank you. Here we go. I, uh, I haven't read it yet. Here we go. I'll be in Brooklyn when this is read. And even though it takes us back to page one of chapter one, I wanted to point out a New York connection here. Ishmael talks about the streets of Manhattan taking us waterward. He says, it's extreme downtown is the Battery, where the noble mole is washed by waves. Look at the crowds of water gazers there. Now, in 2021, I can go to the Brooklyn Promenade on any day and see the crowds of water gazers there, looking out from Brooklyn towards the Battery and the ships on the water. Whenever it is damp, drizzly November in my soul, I get to the sea, or at least the Brooklyn Promenade, which... Which... Tells me that Ken Lizebdnik didn't get past the first fucking page either. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, here's here's what
0: it tells me. He's still in Los Angeles. He lies about where he is. He's in LA. What's the matter with him? Uh
1: oh my God.
0: Hey, uh, well, Skimmer. Paul,
1: I got a word. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Skimmer. <laughs> uh my word Go is rictus. I'm listening. It's rictus. It's, it's a noun that means a fixed grimace or grin. Here, I'll use it in a sentence. Mitch McConnell presents a school pitcher pose rictus when challenged on his hypocrisy. Let's put this right into the vocabulary song. Hold on. I gotta... I gotta get my... I gotta get my Glock and spiel. Um... <laughs> This week's word is rictus. It's a noun that means fixed grimace or grin. I'm happy for the best actress even though I didn't win. Last week's word was decoction. It's a noun that means the action or process of extracting the essence of something. He's really just a mouth that won't stop lying. The week before that, we had inscrutable. It's an adjective that means impossible to understand or interpret. Lindsey Graham says stupid shit that I just don't get. Going back before that, we had garuta. It's a noun that means excessive talkativeness, especially on trivial matters. I have nine cats. I used to have 16. For a while I had 11. They all left my furniture in tatters. Now I just have an Adirondack chair because it won't collect hair or pee. Not long ago we had insalubrious. (laughs) It's an adjective that means seedy or squalid, not well kept or clean. I should have mopped up after my cesarean. Let's Uh. never forget, uh, (laughs) let's never forget Gallimaufry, which I pronounced wrong until nobody James Harder corrected me. It's a noun that means confused, jumble or medley of things, hodgepodge, who's podge, hodgepodge. Adam doesn't think my song is replicable, 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 but I do, I do, I do.
1: Hey, Paula. Nice. Yeah. Paula, that was some hot Bravo. stuff right there.
0: You hot know what song. I was song, I, What I thought of, uh, in fact, it's part of the reason that I didn't read any further this week, is um, Tony got a cat.
1: I did. That's right. Tony Anita Hull got a cat and still managed to read a chapter or two of the book. No, she read that before she got the cat. Tony,
0: uh, tell us about your cat. You can't, once you get cats, you can't read. That's just a fact. That's just science, Adam. But she told us she read at lunch today.:
2: Yeah, I did read.
0: Yeah, but she went After to the Trader Joe's to do it. You can't read at home once you have cats.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't wait to get the guacamole that Bonnie's making in her back seat uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey Bonnie, pick me up a box of those little chocolate dark chocolate covered stars. That's kind of my favorite current Trader Joe's thing. And uh oh, if you have a little hot like? plate back if you have a little hot plate back there, you could do worse than to get the um, the frozen gyoza are fantastic. I mean the shumai. Yeah, get some shumai.
3: Oh
0: really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Shumai. Like
3: They're the bean and cheese burrito.
0: You know what shumai oh. is?
1: It's, yes, like, yes, I do. It's footwear owned by
0: Yoda. <laughs>
1: I get it. Yep.
0: <laughs> you know, by the way, um, I spoke with Yoda yeah. last night, and yes. he, he wanted me to tell you that you skimmed That's all. I did not. (laughs) He calls you skimmer, too.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, All right. Well, you know, coming up, Professor Russell L. Ackoff, a pioneering organizational theorist, wrote, The more efficient you are at doing the wrong thing, the wronger you become. It is much better to do the right thing wronger than the wrong thing righter. If you do the right thing wrong and correct it, you get better. Let's find out how to become writer and more efficient in every way. That's next. On nobody listens to Paula Poundstone.
3: Oh, I got to get out of my car. They're having a special right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Gypsy Rose Lee said, the key to the whole thing is layering.
1: <laughs> Thank you, house band Sister Dorothy. Paula, we'd all like to be more efficient, wouldn't we?
0: Ugh, would I ever. I, in fact, I wish I could have even said that more quickly.
1: Yeah. If we could go go about our tasks more uh, efficiently during the day, we would have time at the end of the day for things like doing our reading for our book clubs and things.
0: Honestly, I can't get anything done. I look back at my day and I say, you know, I didn't do anything. I mean, I meant
1: to. Yeah, me too. And I feel like it's gotten worse during the pandemic when purportedly I should have more time because I'm home. Um, Isn't that what you'd think? You would think, but it's not. Well, we're fortunate to have with us an efficiency expert who can efficiently answer our questions. Gwinné Bird created Good for Business, a hands-on consulting firm that helps businesses become more efficient. Gwinné was an attorney for over 16 years before starting Good for Business, as well as her professional home organizer company, Home Transitions. Her life's work is helping clients simplify their lives, reducing clutter, reducing stress, saving time and money. Please welcome Gwinné Bird. Yay!
0: Thank you, thank you welcome, I'm so welcome. glad you're here I It's feel great to like, be here I feel like it's an emergency I mean, the, the, the Moby Dick story Not the book itself, but the not reading the Mo- You know, is a perfect example I have a list <laughs> of things that I intend to do And somehow, another thing ends up on the list somehow In the middle of the day, where I, so I don't get done You see what I'm saying?
4: Yes, we all have long to-do lists and they keep getting longer and and they spread out more and more throughout our houses and all all over our desks. That's true.
0: Yes, I could almost, I could wallpaper with my to-do list. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So wait, how did you become an efficiency expert?
4: Well, as mentioned, this is my second career. I was an attorney before. Um, I sort of noticed as I was transitioning out of my attorney career that I was good at, um, walking into especially small businesses and kind of noticing what was happening around the cash register with interactions with clients, with employees, with um, customers. And I and it would just sort of come to me that I could imagine a system or a process that was going to work better or that, you know, I would notice what was working and what wasn't. And um, I thought to myself, wow, can I monetize that? <laughs> it seemed like this kind of and you bizarre...
1: Can you know, skill set, I guess. Um, But just to be extra clear, you're not on this podcast to fire people.
4: (laughs) Well, see, this actually is one of those secret things where your boss has called me in and your boss has given me certain um, goals and limits that we're going to set at this point. So we'll be speaking a little bit more later. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because I've, I've I've been stuffing things into a duffel bag while sobbing throughout this. Did
4: you bring your boxes from home? I, I, I
1: did, and I'm home already, so yeah, it's sad. All right, all right. I'm sorry, carry on, Paula. I'm
0: okay. Um, you know, I think we would be able to do the interview so much more efficiently if Adam wasn't interrupting i wonder what we could do about that oh boy um you're right that's
4: principle number one yes i wonder what kind of
0: severance we could offer there um (laughs) adam adam we're gonna give you half of what you've made on the podcast this year um so guinea what what kind of (laughs) what kind of what kind of companies uh uh do you do you work with doing this well,
4: the majority of my clients are smaller companies. They have maybe 30 or fewer employees. And um, they're companies that started all as great ideas. Maybe one or two people got together and said, hey, let's do this thing. We're really good at it. We love it. And they just sort of launched without really giving a lot of thought to it and, and putting in place you know, structures, protocols. Um, and then they find themselves five years out um, where they've grown, they're successful, and they've had to hire a, a social media person, a PR person, a a graphics person at a hr whoever and they realized oh my gosh now we kind of have a real business and we maybe need some guidelines and some structure and we maybe need to cross train people or people are being duplicating efforts and we're not really keeping track of our supplies or you know they kind of have realized that they need a, another pair of eyes to come in and, and ask them you know some questions about how how they're t- still trying to meet their goals but um they're not duplicating efforts and wasting money and wasting time and and turning away clients, or, or for that matter, employees.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, when you said cross train? What do you mean by that? Well, if you don't have enough employees to do all the work,
4: you maybe need somebody who's doing both the accounting and the sales, or, or marketing, or social media, or you have somebody who's doing um, both the, um, you know, the PR and the HR. Um, so it's just. It's a matter of how do you use the employees that you have with the skill sets of those employees in the way that can most benefit your business and your clients.
1: Can't that Mm -hmm. lead to dissatisfaction, though? I mean, usually when an employee gets disgruntled, it's because they feel like they're doing too many jobs and not getting enough for it.
4: Right. So that's the thing. So looking at it, it could be that we want to cross chain or it could be that the opposite is happening and they're doing too many jobs and we need to figure out maybe you do need to hire another part time person. You know, so really, it's taking a look at the structure of what's happening Currently, and um, I do a lot of asking questions, asking employees what's working, what's not, what are their observations about what's working. And then I do a lot of observation. I'll, I will literally sit in an office, you know, for half a day in, in kind of a public area of the space and just kind of watch how things are working and, and pe- how people are interacting. Um, and so I get a lot of information
0: just by that. I do that in our own business here. Sometimes I just sit for a day. Um, <laughs> that seems to be when the others start to complain um give me give me an example guinea of uh one of those times where you sat and you looked and you had an idea uh to make things more efficient and you shared it with the people and they um implemented it and how did it work um
4: i would say a good example is um Noticing how many interruptions are being made for, the, in this one case, it was sort of um, senior manager and how often there were employees either literally coming in the door um, or handing them something or the phone was ringing or, or they were checking their emails and just noticing how that person wasn't able to really ever focus on what they were doing because there were so many interruptions. But they, weren't, they didn't even notice that was happening because they were just responding, 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 putting out fires. And, and they thought they were um,
1: multitasking, right? Exactly.
4: Paula? Right. You know, we we have this big thing in society now about multitasking, you know, and it's not always the best thing. No, and um, there's
0: no such thing, anyways.
4: Yeah, we, yeah. Obviously your brain can't be split in four different directions all at the same time. So um so right, just noticing that and then, you know, asking, kind of coming back around and reviewing and saying, Okay, now what were what were the most important things that you should have been doing today? What did you mean to get accomplished? What did you know, what was going on? Are there things that could have been Um, delegated that people didn't even need to come in and interrupt you? Or is there a way that we can structure your life to where you can tell people I'm only available during these times to either check email or for office hours or for whatever, you know, with exceptions, of course, for emergencies or whatever, but kind of training people to realize that they don't have the boss's ear 100% of the time, all the time, and so that um, everybody can do their jobs. You know, some of it was created creating dependence on you know, them not thinking for themselves. <laughs> um, but other parts of it were not the boss never having that time to do the big thinking, too, because I always encourage um, employers to have time to carve out for the bigger picture planning and strategizing and things as well.
1: This is starting to sound a lot like parenting,
4: <laughs> it could be. I have two teenagers, so I, I know something about that too.
1: <laughs> it also, you know, what it sounds to me
0: like? It sounds like uh, when John Kelly came on board uh, in the Trump administration, that was one of the things he did. Was there had been this open door policy to the Oval Office, and um, he weeded out the people that were able to go in and out, so that the president could watch television without being interrupted
1: <laughs> yeah all right bad example but I know I'm not yeah, sure. that's yeah. a great example but yeah. okay. no, because
0: a lot of times he would miss shit on Fox News and he and and it was because they weren't letting him focus and so this mm-hmm. that's oh, well, what this reminds right. me of yeah um, <laughs> so uh, now you've only been on with us for a few minutes but w- before we began the interview um we were we were just chatting we hadn't started taping yet and um was was that a chance for you to observe some of the inefficient dynamics of the <laughs> nobody listens to pallapone stone crew <laughs> Well, maybe that's why nobody listens, because everybody's talking.
1: That could be it. Oh, damn Um. it. (laughs) It's quite possible. It's quite possible.
0: Yeah. My manager, uh, Bonnie Burns, a.k.a. Captain Crinkle, she does um, what I think could be called speed listening, where um, she hears the first word and the last word, but really doesn't bother with the words in between. And that causes a lot of misunderstanding
1: how efficient is speed listening
4: (laughs) well that's a really interesting idea i'm not sure i've heard of that before um you know i would imagine that a person could do that in casual conversation but if you're in your workplace you might want to pay attention to what's happening because you might miss something really important like in you know maybe you should bury in the middle of those conversations the fact that they're going to get a raise if they can respond to a question but then they they miss out because they haven't been listening
0: You know what I absolutely love right now? A, I think you're exactly right about that. But B, um, right now, my manager slash uh, Bonnie Burns slash (laughs) Captain (laughs) Crinkle is in her car because there's a power outage in the town that she lives in. And so she doesn't have a charger. And so she's not sure (laughs) when her devices are going to give out. And so she's not on right now on this call. Um, she'll get back on later, but she wanted she wanted to not be on the call because she was concerned that it would suck up the rest of her battery life and she wouldn't be able to finish out the show. And so right now, we can say, Whatever we want about her inefficiency.
4: <laughs> but, you know, office, the basic tools to do your job, are part, you know, I recommend people to be to to make available the basic tools for people to do their jobs. And so maybe that's becomes an office supply request that she needs a portable chargers to be able to do her job.
0: <laughs> Just a suggestion. Ooh. Ooh, that's an oh, now it's our fault. I think yeah. you're thinking of bigger companies. You know, um, we. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: and by I, the way, if we had office supplies, Bonnie would have confiscated them all already. Anyway. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Well, she
0: would have them stuck in her ear. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we have uh, Ken Ken Lizebnik who's lying right now and says that he's in Brooklyn, but he's really in Los Angeles, not on the call. Uh, we have Adam Felber. We have me, Paula Poundstone. We have uh, Tony Anita Hull. And we have Bonnie Burns, and that's that's the whole uh, We've got Land com- Romo company. Online. Oh, excuse me, we have Land Romo, and and well, of course we have Wendell, my my assistant Wendell. Um, but that We're a big company. It, that is it. Um, so what I'm wondering, uh, Gwene, is should we fire anybody? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would have to know a
4: little bit more about what every person does before I can make that recommendation. And actually, I've never made that recommendation to anybody. We've talked about maybe retraining or cross-training or something, but we haven't talked about firing. Tonight
1: tonight could be a first. You know, 19th century Scottish (laughs) author Samuel Smiles said, the shortest way to do many things is to do only one thing at once. Stay tuned to find out more about becoming efficient in your life and business. The cat of the week is Monster from Narragansett, Rhode Island. And we're back with efficiency expert, Gwene Bird. Now, Gwene, you are a master of both time and space, and we've decided that we're going to start with time. Paula, talk about your time management problems. All right, I'll give you an example.
0: So I, I keep a notebook wherein I write sort of my list of things to do or, t- you know, stuff that I'm trying to keep at the forefront of my brain anyways. And uh, I I get up. I have an hour and a half of chores to do before I even eat breakfast, which is just... Shit, like uh, sifting litter boxes and cleaning the backyard from the, the dog waste and uh, cleaning out the cat bowl. You get the idea. Just chores that I have to get done before I can even begin my day. Um, let's see. I have to walk the dogs. Uh, I usually, uh, on a good day, I walk both dogs separately. On a you know less good day, I walk just one. Uh, I have to feed the cats at 3 o'clock. I have to sift again at 1 o'clock. I have to sift again at seven o'clock. Uh, I have to sift again at nine o'clock. Do you see? <laughs> <laughs> I have I have nine cats, Gwene uh, and six litter boxes. I have to um, feed the cats. I think I, did, I I feed them at seven o'clock in the morning, one o'clock in the afternoon, nine o'clock at night. Um, uh, oh, I'm supposed to take eye drops, <laughs> two different two different kinds in the morning and again at night. And I seem to only remember one each time. Uh, uh, And, and what I really uh, need to get done every day. uh, In addition to those sort of, you know, can't survive without jobs comes my, you know, uh, writing. And then at at late at night, I make, um, what do you call it? Cameo videos uh, for uh, people. And uh, I think that's, That's the majority of it, I guess. So it sounds like a lot of your day revolves around your animals. Yeah. Are we going to fire some of them? (laughs) No, I mean, I think
4: that's wonderful. You're an animal lover and everybody knows that. And it's great. I just, what comes to mind, the first thing that comes to mind is the, the ability to delegate. If there's any way to delegate, for example, hire a dog walker once in a while, or maybe hire somebody to come in once in a while to help with just some of those basic chores so that you're not having to do them all the time or maybe well i did have
0: that in the past but of course now we're dealing with uh you know a covid schedule right Right. so i did have that in the past but i i don't feel uh it's safe any longer you know not just for me but for the person who might right now is different yeah absolutely
4: so i mean that we all had to make modifications for that reason uh, no doubt but um, I mean, I'll that's... tell you,
0: it is really hard to get a mask on a cat. And I have nine.
4: <laughs> that in itself would take you all day getting those masks on and off. Yeah, I could exactly. see that. Yeah. So, um, Not being able to delegate, then it's a matter of using the time in between all of that a little bit more efficiently. And maybe it's as simple as kind of setting a timer to say for your writing, for example, you know, are you are you more do you have more energy in the morning or the afternoon or the evening? You know, recognizing that you're, um, you know, more creative, more energetic
0: at a certain time and then using that time to its fullest. Um, That's a good idea. You know what? I make the mistake sometimes of pushing things like writing i say to myself well i'll do it i'll i'll do it once i have my bed out because i don't have a bed i sleep on the floor and i, I have blank blankets on the floor and then i get up in the morning and fold them and put them in a box the bed box, in fact. Um, and then I put them out again at night. And I always say to myself, well, after I finish the cameo videos, at, you know, after the bed is out, then I'll sit down and write. And that's when I'm going to read Moby Dick. And uh, a lot of times I just I run out of steam by that time. Right. Well, um, I would say this is a case of
4: scheduling appointments
0: with yourself. Um, whether that's to
4: get done the mundane things of paying bills or the more important things of making money by writing and doing, letting your creative juices flow. So I would say scheduling time that that's just your time you blocked out for you, which includes the fact that you won't be taking phone calls from people, you won't be checking emails. You know, you kind of announce to the world, "I'm in my appointment between 10 and 12 or whatever the time is." So nobody expect me to respond to them. You know, nobody expect anything from me because that's my time for me. So it's carving out that time to make sure that you actually get that done. Because I would imagine that one of your high priority things in your life is actually doing things to make money. <laughs> so make an
1: income. Well, it so is. You want to yes. that it turns out. out. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out people um, need that.
0: I just realized that um, that was not an entirely honest appraisal of my day, which shows you how insidious what really happens in my day is, which is, you know, what I'm forgetting entirely about is the mother computer. I'm mm-hmm. forgetting entirely about um, Twitter and email and, uh, you know, checking the news to make sure that we haven't. You know the, that nobody's pulled the switch. Uh, I, I've totally forgot about that, and that I I couldn't even tell you how much time that takes. Um, yeah, and that's a big one for people, um,
4: whether you're, it's legitimate use of your computer or time time sucks <laughs> like social media. Um, so, I, you know, in terms of the legitimate use, that is to say that you know actually having to respond to emails and stuff. I often recommend to people to set an email policy and let everybody know what that policy is. For example, I will be checking emails three times a day at nine, at one, and at six, or whatever the times are. Um, you know, Please don't expect to receive a response from me except for during one of those times. And, in other words, because I, I see this all the time where companies, and especially in the age of tw- texting and Twitter and uh, instant gratification, if somebody sends out a, a text or an email or something to to somebody in their company or even a friend, and they don't get a response within five or 10 minutes, they sort of panic. They wonder, oh, I wonder if they're, if they're okay. Did they get it? Should I send it again? Should I, what should I do? And, you know, we, we kind of all have this really frenzied feeling around um, being responsive to people. And I think that's one of the number one things I end up doing with virtually everybody is asking them to set an email and or text or whatever other means of communication policy and let everybody around them know that that's what you're doing so that they don't expect to hear back from you. And then they don't duplicate their efforts by calling because a lot of times you don't respond to my email, so then they call you, you know? <laughs> so oh, then it's like a constant interruption. Bonnie
1: Burns does that. Oh my God, if she were here... <laughs> <laughs> my lord, I sometimes sometimes my phone rings. Sometimes my phone rings and I'm really busy, so I don't answer because I'm doing email, and it's an email from Bonnie that I'm reading, and she's calling, and then I don't answer, so I get a text message from Bonnie saying, "Adam, listen to my e- listen to my voicemail <laughs> right. message no. so that you can respond I to my email." A great
4: exactly. <laughs>
1: Hey, Bonnie's here. <laughs> because I'm trying to get Bonnie, him. Bonnie, you're you're here. You're here, I, Bonnie.
0: I thought for sure oh, yeah. you were. Oh yeah. I'm here. Are you st- are you st- are you still in the parking lot? I'm I'm in the parking lot. I'm worried
3: I'm going to lose power, but Glad and Romo explained that I was on anyway because I was listening. Something whatever. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah. So, I'm so you're saying that, that you
1: that when I don't answer the phone you text and email me because you're it's trying to get me. It's important
0: that I get a hold of you. But- yeah. <laughs> what you don't realize, Adam, is that while she has you on the phone, she's driving yeah. towards your house. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, because Adam is not a good email checker. So. Oh, because he, he's, he does it efficiently. And he doesn't always answer his phone. But the, I think
3: Gwenae has a, writer, a great Bonnie. idea. I'm a
2: writer,
0: I have to write.
3: <laughs> well, whatever.
0: Uh, right. Gwenae has a great idea, which is? This thing of
3: setting times when you're going to check your email, I think would certainly make my life more efficient. It's a lot of distractions to keep going over to the email and see what's going on there and then answer the email. It's 100% right. I'm going to try it.
4: Well, excellent. I mean, you can even go so far as to set an out of office message that comes up or an auto, auto response that says, thank you for your email. I'll get back to it at X time or by the end of the day or something like that to reassure people that it was received and that you're paying attention, but that they can't sit around waiting for a response.
0: I like it. You know, you'd probably be you'd probably be even more efficient by thinning the herd of the emails that you receive. And so your your automatic message could be, fuck you, I'm walking the dogs. <laughs> and then you just wouldn't get as many.
1: Yeah, that would probably work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you I, can get I really
1: like fancy
4: that. and set up like, you know, automatic um, things where any incoming mail comes from specific people and it goes to a specific inbox. And so you can prioritize that way. And, you know, you can get really fancy. And so you can say, I really want to hear from Bonnie or no, if she's lower priority. I'm going to let those go into the other wastebasket, you know, whatever. So you can do it how you want. But, um,
1: <laughs> I'm you not know. saying that wow. out loud. <laughs> I'm not saying Bonnie's low priority. I'm put I, Adam I in just, my
3: lower I, wastebasket.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm just saying that as a as a gentleman with two children and a, a job during covid times, you know, some sometimes other things have to take priority like like writing. Um but uh let me let me segue to space cuz I do a pretty good job managing time. But um clutter you you're good with clutter, right? Cuz I'm not. Yes. Yes. Now it seems like it seems like in my house, and maybe it's because I do have the two kids, and and my wife and I are, are literally running two extra businesses out of the house right now. Um, but it just seems like no matter how much we declutter, it's always cluttered here.
4: Well, and of course, clutter is subjective. So everybody has a different standard for what is important to them, and it may be that you and your wife have a different standard. So that's maybe important to communicate about, but. Um, You know, my my number one principle is that everything in your space should have a purpose. And so by purpose, I mean, you either use it and need it on a regular basis, or you just love it. It really brings you pleasure. You you know, it's something important, special, sentimental. So um, if you, so I want people to intentionally choose every single thing that's in their house, you know, whether that's a piece of paper that comes in from the mail, whether it's, um, you know, a piece of furniture, whether it's a kitchen gadget, whether it's whatever it is. I want you to have thoughtfully brought it into your house and not just let it accumulate. And that starting with that will let you weed out a lot of stuff. I see so the a lot phrase, of glass
0: figurines taking a hike right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> so the phrase, so the phrase this could come in handy at some point is not a good one to use when in terms, in terms of like what you should have in your house.
4: Yes. I, versions of that are things like I might need this someday. Yeah. That's not a purpose. That's um, I say, if you don't have a purpose, then I want to hear a specific plan. So there's kind of two Ps there. Um, but a specific plan is not, I might need this someday. A plan is, I am, you know, accumulating this for the, you know, April 10th when I'm going to be doing this project. And so I'm going to use all these things on that date or whatever, instead of just like generally
1: letting it hang out in your space. So I should throw out all the band-aids and defibrillators and medical equipment and whatnot.
4: <laughs> if there's somebody that's having medical issues in your home that you might well, not to right have now. for,
1: that's probably a good idea. Not at this <laughs> second, but you know.
0: <laughs> I have, I have feminine hygiene products just in case, you know, I ever have eggs again. Is that a good idea?
3: <laughs> okay, you never know.
0: Come under the category never of TMI. Know. But, um, so, okay. You know, I have I've like had a, nurses. <laughs> I have an enormous roll of cheesecloth um, because I might learn to make cheese someday. What's your feeling about that? So
4: those are the kinds of things that I call preemptive buying when you're at the store and you see something that's really cool or it's on sale or, you know, you need to get two or three of those. And then you you buy it in, with the wishful thinking that you're actually going to use it someday. And then you never do. And five years later, you've called me to realize that you need to get rid of it. Um, so I always say to people, wait and buy those things and when you actually need it, when you're actually going to do the thing, when you actually resolve today, I'm gonna use this, I need cheesecloth, I need to go out and get it right now because I'm gonna use it, instead of having it conveniently on hand because you bought it five years ago.
0: I got a uh, chest cutter at a um, at a medical supply store once, uh, just in case, <laughs> just in case I go to medical school. Uh, well, that sounds like a really yeah. great use of your space, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Gwinné, <Gwenae, laughs> thank you for helping us get more efficient. It is unbelievable to have you with us. And getting this information is going to, I think it's going to help my life. But now we're going to take the information that you just gave us and run it through the old pounce donator. Paula?
0: Hey, Sister Dorothy. First of all, thank you so much. You sound fantastic. If I can get just a little background music here, I'll tell you what the pounce donator spit out. Dear email correspondent, thank you for writing Miss Poundstone. Rest assured, she has received your email and is heavily invested in resolving your issue. If she owes you money, her scheduled responding time is between 7 a.m. Eastern and 7.15 a.m. Eastern Time. <laughs> If you are requesting a video from Miss Poundstone for your virtual charity fundraiser, her scheduled taping time is 7.30 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Time. If you would like to borrow anything from Miss Poundstone, her time to look for the item you want is between 8 a.m. and 8.15 a.m. Eastern Time. If you are hoping to catch up socially, you likely have the wrong email address. But if you don't... <laughs> Please be aware that Miss Poundstone catches up on social emails from 8.15 to 8 a.m. Eastern Time. All others, please feel free to text, which Miss Poundstone doesn't do at all. P.S. Miss Poundstone doesn't get up until 9 a.m. and she lives on the West Coast.
1: She's the owner of Good for Business and Home Transitions. Thanks for being with us. Gwene Bird. everybody. Thank you, Gwene. Yay. Thanks,
0: Gwene. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Gwene. Thank you. Really appreciate it. I want to um, say this as efficiently as I can. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been great. Take care.
1: <laughs> you were wonderful. Thank you so much. Take care. Coming up, you've written us more theme songs, more entries in our theme song contest coming up right after this. Fun fact, during the long winters, the Alaskan wood frog can hold in its own pee for up to eight months. And the fact that anyone has observed this tells you a lot about how dull things get during Alaskan winters. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: Wow, True I fact. wonder if I could wait eight months.
1: True uh-huh. fact, they wait, they wait until it gets warm, and it doesn't get warm for eight months.
0: Well, they probably need the pee for the warmth. <laughs>
1: And we're back, and wow, this is exciting. Tony and Ada Hull, I am told that you have more entries in our long dormant theme song contest. A- yes, A- Paula? Adam, answer the phone. Answer the phone. What, really? No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Paula, the contest is over. Why would I want to answer the phone?
0: Adam, answer the phone.
1: Oh. Hello? Adam? Hi, Hi it's Winnie.
0: me. Winnie Rose Feynman, I'm so happy. Adam, (laughs) you must have talked Mike into giving me his hundredth call. a prize of hanging out with you after the game and any appliance I want from Roger Federer's Appliance Store. Probably because of your guilt about my mother's crockpot. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much. No, (laughs) no, 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 Winnie. Winnie, I am happy to honor the terms of the 100th caller contest, if happy is the word. But I just took the calls. Mike. Mike Boom Boom Bonifit was the 100th caller, and giving you the prize was entirely his idea. That is so
0: beautiful. I know your heart, Adam. You would never... Want to toot your own horn? That's just who you are,
1: Winnie. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was it was Mike who generously thought to give you his prize. It was not me.
0: I knew you were a good person, Adam. I've always known that you were a good person. My mother and I fight like cats and dogs about you. I mean, she she hates your guts, but I always <laughs> knew you were the best. Why does
1: your mother hate me, Winnie?
0: Well, she's not blind to the way you've toyed with my heart, I'm sure. Well, for but sake. the crockpot—she's never forgiven you for the crockpot. I don't think she's gonna. Did you get the oven mitts?
1: Wait, 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 Winnie! I did nothing to your mother's crockpot. I—I never Adam, got the crockpot.
0: She's old-fashioned. She thinks that when you borrow something, you return it. But did did you get the oven mitts?
1: What oven mitts?
0: I sent you oven mitts because I know you like to cook, so I sent you oven mitts where I needle a portrait of myself, Winnie, on one, and I needle a portrait of you on the other, with hearts surrounding each.
1: Oh, no, no, I haven't received them, <laughs> but that was uh, very nice of you to make me oven mitts.
0: I to pointed them at him, but I didn't make the mitts themselves. they're my mother's, or they were. She burned her hand on a pot last night. she's so pissed at you.
1: Win- Winnie, Winnie, I do not want you to be making me anything, really If, if you could just, I, I gotta go just... I
0: gotta go. she's coming. Uh, ma, I'll get you some <laughs> ice. Stop yelling. <laughs>
1: Oh my lord. Well, there's our hundredth caller contest winner, Paula, Winnie Rose. Oh Thurman. man, you
0: guys are gonna have the best time. She just loves you. I mean, you can do no wrong with her.
1: Oh, I wish I could. Um, hey, Tony and Uh, you said you had some theme song contest entries, right?
2: Yes. Yes, I do. Um, the first one comes from tonight's house band, Sister Dorothy.
1: That's great. <laughs> wow, that is, uh, that is something special. Thank you. And, and by the way, that theme song is on um, is on Sister Dorothy's uh, new album, right, Tony?
2: Yes, it is. You can find it <laughs> at sisterdorothy.com.
0: Thank you so much, Sister Dorothy. That's one uh, uh, not, And thank you very much for being our house band as well. Uh, it sounded great all night long.
1: Yeah, you've been sounding great all night long. I love that theme song. It's um, it's a little light in the lyrics department, but I think that's kind of its charm. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I think it leaves it to the imagination of the listener.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Tony, who else we got?
2: Um, From Minneapolis, Minnesota, we have Corey Suvet. I think it's Savett.
0: Paul.
1: Stone. Paula Poundstone has a podcast you should be listening to. Bonnie and Tony
3: and Paula Poundstone that's the podcast crew. Paula Paula,
1: Paula Poundstone, and her podcast crew, and Adam's on every show. <laughs> Yay. I, you know, I gotta tell you, Corey, the minute that you left me out in, the, in that third line, I knew I was coming in at the end with that. <laughs> <laughs> Adam's on every show. Uh, but um, I did appreciate that wonderful jazz chord uh, TV theme song type jazz chord to end it. I,
0: I think that uh, I, well, first of all, thank you, Corey. That was I think it's Corey Sivett, isn't it? It Cervet. is. It I, is. I, I like to fo- I, focus on the vet. Um, yes, uh, it is uh, from it Minneapolis, is. Minnesota, where they where they make some fine musicians. Um, I think we should. I, I think we should have T-shirts that say "Adam is on every show."
1: Uh, yeah, it, I, I'd be happy to not have that happen. <laughs> I still, after all this time, feel that that's sort of like a very backhanded compliment.
0: Oh, it's uh, it's. It, I don't think that it is. In fact, I think you know that's something you might want to talk to Winnie about when you guys uh, are hanging out after the show.
1: Oh, I mean, after the game. Just, excuse me. After you're the enjoying game. that way too much, Paula. <laughs> uh, Tony, what else? What else do we have going on uh, theme song wise? <laughs>
2: We have one more, uh, the dead cats from Saint Paul, Minnesota. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Though she's a fucking genius, you know.
3: Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone, even though she's got her own show. There's experts and animals, the occasional kazoo, but no one gets a word in without Adam there too. Nobody. To Paula though she's a fucking genius, you know. you're gonna listen to Paula Poundstone,
0: because this is her show wow I'm I'm so excited that dead cats love me too
1: Now the dead cats I I wonder if I, if we went to <laughs> Minneapolis when this is all over if they if the dead cats are a genuine gigging band but I love that one it hit all the notes you know it had a uh, uh, the fucking genius, uh, yeah, part of it, yeah, yeah. It was, so very, was... they were very observant. Yes, yes. Wow. Well, you know what? Um, our theme song contest has been kind of dormant for the past uh, bunch of shows. Yeah, you know, after a first. Hundred or so theme songs, but I feel like this particular uh, batch it might have revitalized the genre. Once again, if you want to send your, uh, your theme song entries, send them to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. Now, Paula, what's going on in your Poundstone product empire this week?
0: Adam, I want people to know that Poundstone Pussy Pillows continue to sweep the nation, and they're so much better <laughs> than the My Pillows. Uh, they, they, they are four-by-five-inch yeah. catnip-filled pillows with a cat joke on one side, leaving the other side free for me to autograph it to your cat. It also has a grommet, so you can tie a string to it and drag it for your cat to chase. When I'm not dragging a pussy pillow from my own cats, I'm making video messages for people's friends, family, coworkers, and mortal enemies, which are available at cameo.com slash 33 I did one for Batman recently. It sounded like this. Uh, Joker, hi, it's just me, Paula Poundstone, reaching out to you on behalf of Batman. (laughs) I'm kind of a joker too, by the way. Maybe I'll see you around at a benefit or something. Anyway, Batman wants you to know that he understands you had a difficult life and it doesn't matter. He's going to get you. There's more, of course, but
1: Heidi... Yeah, I know, Heidi. Um, oh, and hey, Paula, it's been a very exciting uh, football season, I'm told, and I've been there for some of it. Bonnie could tell you more about it. But um, I'm here to announce right now that coming up this Sunday from when this podcast drops, me and Jeff Cesario, a.k.a. Chet Waterhouse, are going to be simulcasting the Super Bowl. That's when right. Is, the, when is the, the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl Sunday, this coming Sunday, and uh, what you're going to do is you're going to watch it on the network you always watch it on, but go to the Stereo app, which you can find download information for on, uh, uh, just go to my Twitter feed. You'll see it there, at Adam Felber. Um, you download the Stereo app, and you can listen to us call the Super Bowl while watching it on our sister network. Pretty exciting stuff. That sounds great. Oh, it is. What's <laughs> it all that Sounds like noise? somebody's moving furniture. <clears throat> Bonnie, was that you? Bonnie, we're... Bonnie's in the car. Oh, (laughs) Bonnie's in the car. Bonnie, did you just get carjacked? I
3: think think somebody just either ran into the back of my car or (laughs) fell. (laughs) Something blew on my trunk. And there's like a fire engine in here or something. I don't know. I'm not going to get out and look. What is happening? We're in the middle of taping. Somebody just rear-ended you 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 in the Trader Joe's parking lot? Did you hear the clunk? Yeah. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, me too. The car moved. Is really? any, What the hell? Is anybody behind you? <laughs> it's pitch dark <laughs> here. The only thing you can see is the traitor
0: <laughs> Joe's sign, lit up in red. <laughs> <laughs> Holy
1: shit, Bonnie. Wait,
0: their lights they're they're their parking lot lights aren't on. I don't when we're
3: done. I'll get out and look and see what happened. It some Bonnie, definitely this hit isn't, this, the isn't back safe. Of my car. this isn't safe. Yeah. Oh my god. Will you keep going. I'm afraid I'm going to run out of power. <laughs> okay, um you can subscribe <laughs> to the podcast. Here.
1: It's free. Uh you'll get it every week. No charge. <laughs> Our email address you know, is <laughs> listens to Paula at gmail.com. Paula, I got to get through this. It, it, um, seems, that's our show, it seems. It but... seems. It seems
0: petty to talk about anything else while Bonnie's being carjacked, don't you think? Okay. Here's what I'm gonna do. While okay. you're
3: talking, I'll run out and look at the back. You keep. Talking. Oh, that sounds safe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> just...
1: I was it's being just... sarcastic.
0: Oh my God. Did
1: it's, we lose so her? Bo-
0: so Bonnie's being carjacked, and I'm selling pussy pillows <laughs> oh. all at the same time.
1: <laughs> it's a big, big old world the fuck was oh that? God. Did you hear
0: that boom boom?
1: I'm Blimey? hearing it. I don't... I, I, I wish our listeners understood how not staged this is. Okay. What happened?
3: I, you're not... It's so ridiculous. A cart blew into the back of my car.
1: A cart? <laughs> it was a, a fucking shopping, shopping cart?
3: cart? A shopping cart blew into the back of my car.
1: <laughs> oh. So the fire engines are for there. There for something else.
3: (laughs) Something else. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, that's a relief. That made
3: a loud sad (laughs) thud. No, that's not true. It's you know Trader Joe. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone.
0: Trader Joe's is 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 a really high-end grocery (laughs) store. So when and fortunately
1: for Bonnie, they feature plastic shopping carts.
0: Well, no. (laughs) No, What happens is. It's so high end that when you get hit with a shopping cart, they send out the fire department. A lot of <laughs> you know, a lot of cities budgets uh, are, are being cut really tight, but Trader Joe's, you know, Not has that, cachet, so they still have you, that pole. Yeah. If you buy that peppermint um chocolate <laughs> bark shit, oh um, yeah, then you get firefighter protection all the way to your car.
1: <laughs> Great. (laughs) I'm gonna get us out of here. That's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone (laughs) is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam Defelber. Special thanks to our guest, Gwynne Bird, and thanks to House Band sister Dorothy. Yeah, and Dorothy. Sister Our Dorothy. show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, and the still-living Bonnie Burns. Also, Ken Lezebnik <laughs> and Tony Nita-Hall. Mixing by Michael Hoagie. Starbirds production by Land Romo. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me, a premier internationally used transcription service. And believe me, you'll want a transcription of this one. Use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com to receive an expedited service.
0: That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me?
1: Oh, you my know, God. If-
0: yeah. If you get hit just by one of the little plastic handheld baskets, um, they don't send the whole fire department. No.
1: <laughs> you know, in a slasher movie, there's that moment where you're like, oh, it's just the wind and a shopping cart. And then it's. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So just keep it's that in just, mind, buddy.
0: <laughs> it's just the wind. It's just a shopping cart. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that really scary movie where the guy goes, "I ain't no fucking shopping cart," and then he kills the woman.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, and then there's that one where where Robert De Niro is clinging to the bottom of the shopping cart. Oh, geez, that's a scary movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or there's the one where there's different parts of Betty Davis in the um, in the part where you put your purse. Yeah, you gotta be. You have to be so careful in Trader Joe's parking lot. <laughs> no,
3: I think what it is is the lines went down or something, and the fire truck was coming for that. The wind is so Keep strong telling yourself that, that, that my money. my car is being buffeted
0: back and forth. Yes, oh, you think it's wind. wind? It's it's yeah. Robert De Niro. <laughs> Yeah, in just a second, Robert De Niro is going to put his face, like, smush his face on your window and go, I ain't no fucking wind. <laughs> I have whiplash.
3: I have whiplash in that cart <laughs> could be in the back of my car. It's in here so hard.
0: a podcast network.